Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. This is the Word of God for the people of God and the world, and we all say together, thank you, Jesus. Um, The oddness of this passage of Scripture uh, strikes me every time I read it, but unfortunately, I think all too often, we are lost on the reality that things um, with this story have become all too familiar to us. They're routine, almost mundane. Yeah, we know Jesus dies, but yeah, we also know that he's about to uh, hop up from the dead. We know the end of the story, and sometimes we forget what this event would have looked like for the people who are watching from the outskirts. Sometimes we don't get that for those who had given their life to following Jesus, everything was gone. In fact, when Jesus let out his last breath, I think with it went all of their hopes some of them were holding on to Jesus got something's got to happen here. This can't be the end. But a lot of them wondered what would come next. We know what the death of Jesus means in our head, but how many times do we actually get to the heart of what it means for our heart, for our life, for the day, for the way we live day in and day out? Jesus died so we might have life. Have you ever understood how odd that is. Jesus dying for you that you might have life. That just is, strikes me as odd. Can you imagine what would have it, what, what it would have been like? Um, can you imagine what it would be like today if all you knew was empty rituals? Can you imagine what would it be like if you were just coming to church because that's what you're supposed to do? But what would, have, what would happen if we allowed the death of Jesus to get so deep inside of us that we recognize that what we do coming together on a weekly basis is not just about routine or ritual. It's about life. A temple gets ripped from top to bottom. Now, that's odd, too. That doesn't, it just doesn't happen. Uh, this curtain in particular was a pretty thick one. It was a pretty tall one. It was one that hid or separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. You know, only very, very special people went back behind that curtain. And only very infrequently. They went there to uh, stand uh, in the gap between 
the people of God and God himself. It was believed that God dwelt in that place, which again is odd. How can God so big, so immense, so eternal be confined to a room in a temple built by human hands? But as Jesus breathed out his last, as he exhaled everything that was in him, we find this curtain being ripped from top to bottom. In Matthew's gospel, he attributes it to an earthquake that ripped everything to to, to shreds. Mark doesn't leave out the reason why the curtain was divided, except that it had something to do with Jesus breathing out his last. But it's almost as though Mark is saying it's not about how it happened, it's about why it happened. It's about the effects of what happens when God is let loose among a people who have followed a religious system that put God in a box. Imagine what would happen in your life if the box that you keep Jesus in was obliterated and God was let loose to do what only God can do in your life. What would happen if that happened in your life? One of my favorite authors says, out of the unexplained cosmic darkness comes God's new word of creation as it did in the beginning. If you go all the way back to Genesis, you find this narrative of God hovering over the the, the, the waters, the darkness, the chaos. God speaks, and in that moment, everything starts to be created. And almost in a parallel to, the, to that passage, we find th- this darkness in which humanity was, was existing, that God spoke into it, and all of a sudden, at the moment of his last breath, something new was created. A new creation was realized that had its effects not only on the people then, but on us today. At this moment, the kingdom of God is unleashed, a new age is born. God is doing something, the news of which would go to the far reaches of the world for the rest of eternity. The unexpected statement from the Roman guard. That was odd, too. You see, he's the least of the candidates who should have been able to say and declare that this was the Son of God. All the people who had been following him, all of his disciples, remember they had deserted him, they had abandoned him, they had betrayed him. And here we have a Roman guard, one who was used to and trained to killing people, was the first person to declare that Jesus really was the Son of God. He almost got it right, or maybe he did get it right, but I wish he'd have said something different. I wish that the Roman guard had said, truly, this is the Son of God. But he said this was the Son of God. As though he said, you know, as though the Roman guard was saying, all that Jesus had been, had been true. But he's still dead. It begs begs us to ask the question, are are we able to, live out our faith with God without having it all right? I would say yes, which is really good news for people who call real life home because there are people who walk through these doors, maybe you this morning, who don't have it all figured out. In fact, you have lots and lots of questions. You don't understand how God does what God does. You don't understand why God does what God does. You don't understand how this whole humanity thing that we're living in the midst of in our day, how that is going to get figured out. You don't know. But you come in through these doors to a place where you are surrounded by people who don't have it all figured out. 
but we have enough of it figured out to declare who Jesus is in our life. We are the people who understand that Jesus is and was and will be the Son of God. He is the one who crawled up on a cross and died for you and for me so that we might have life, not just in the future, on the other side of that gap, but he died so we might have life here today. We might be transformed throughout all of our being. So if a Roman guard can declare that this truly was the Son of God, I think that we might be able to do the same. You might be able to walk up alongside of people this week, and they might be able to declare who God is because of what they're seeing in you. Our community might be able to declare who God is simply because what they see us real life doing and being in our community and in our world. I don't think getting it all right is the point of faith. Because if a Roman thug who was used to killing people could see the truth, even partly, there's great hope for us. Jesus' death changes everything. Everything. Pick something that has had your attention this week. Jesus' death changes everything. Think about things on the horizon for us as a society. Jesus' death changes everything. Think about a bunch of people who are without homes out in the West. Jesus' death changes everything. Think about a bunch of people who are going to try and figure out who to elect this November. Jesus' death changes everything. That's odd. That's really odd. But see, that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. Jesus' death changes the punishment that you and I are due. It changes, um, it changes everything. So we know that Jesus died for us. He, we know that he died so that we could have life, right? We know that he paid the price for us once and for all. Um, this isn't just for the disciples in, in the days of the Bible. This isn't just for people who lived then. This is for you. This is for me. This is for our families, for our children, for our neighbors, and for our society. That's who this is for. This is for all of us. His death changed everything forever. Um, we're going to look here at, in the end of chapter 15, Joseph of Arimathea is wrapping Jesus' body in grave clothes as he laid him in the tomb. So go to Mark 15, verses 42 through 47 with me. And it says this. It was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in the tomb cut out of rock. 
Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. So grave clothes were strips of cloth that were wrapped around a person. And they were wrapped around a person to help prevent the stench of death. Yay, right? Grave clothes. John eleven forty four. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is a passage that's referring to, to Lazarus. He had been in a grave and, and bound in his grave clothes um, to lessen the stench of, of death and his decaying body, right? And Jesus, has come, he comes back and he says, rise up, Lazarus. He calls him up from the dead and he says, unwrap him, let him go. He's no longer bound by those cloths. Let him be free. Now, it's not too long after Lazarus' death, and we have Jesus in the same situation. He's wrapped in these linen cloth, and he's laid in the tomb to prevent the stench of death. But what I love, as, as I was preparing this, I was thinking, you know, I, for those who were in Bible times, they, they know this story, and, and they're sitting there in angst, wondering, was this the Messiah? That man was just laid in a tomb. We get the, the hindsight, right? We get to look, and, and we know the whole story. We know what happened on Friday, but we also know what happened on Sunday, right? We know what was coming. We know that though he was wrapped in those, in those claws and though he was laid in that tomb, he wasn't going to stay there. We know that resurrection was coming. You and I were wrapped up in grave clothes too. Our clothes might look different than the person next to us. Right now, look around this morning. We all have different clothes on, right? But think about our grave clothes. Each one of us has different grave clothes. Until we come to Christ and we declare our faith in him, our grave clothes are covering the stench of sin and certain death without Christ. There might be some in here, maybe you haven't come to Christ and, and you need to declare that, that he is Lord in your life. And um, today's the day, friends, because Jesus paid that price for you. There are others of you, guess, and there's a, I, this one, I see this all the time. You've already come to Christ, but you know what? You're still walking around with your grave clothes on. You still got them bound around your hands, your feet, your head, and you're stumbling over yourself. It's, and it's things like past sins. Oh, but I did this. It's things like past lifestyles, but I was this person. It's habits of, just, of destruction, but that has a hold on me. It's legalism, but this is the way it's supposed to be. It's religious traditions, but this is how we've always done it in church. This is a big one. It's failure to forgive ourselves like Christ has forgiven us. It's generational bondage. It's things that are in a family line proven to be issues. It's performance orientation or approval addiction. Mm, but I do this because I need someone to tell me I'm doing it right and I'm doing it good. John 8.36 says, If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Whether you're the person who realizes for the first time that you need Jesus... Or you're the person who's been freed by Christ, but you haven't taken your grave clothes off 
It's time. You cannot cling to the grave that Jesus called you out of. It is your past and not your present. It is time to lay our grave clothes down. It's time to drop your grave clothes and exchange them for something new. Jesus wants to clothe you. He wants to clothe you in love and hope and righteousness. Jeremy and I began talking about how to wrap up this series. I need my water, Riley. One second. <coughs> we began talking about how to wrap this series up. And we realized that we're preaching on next weekend, we're preaching on resurrection in September, right? Not normally when the church preaches on resurrection. But you know what I love about this? We've been working through the series of Mark since Easter. We didn't get to be together in person on Easter. But guess what? Next Sunday, we're going to be together when we talk about resurrection in person. And so we thought, how can we do this? What can we do that can be so cool? And then we started talking about grave clothes. And we thought, you know what? There's people in this room who are carrying around their grave clothes. Some of you, you've taken them off and you've laid them down, but you haven't burned them. You haven't gotten rid of them, right? So this is what we're inviting you to next Sunday. First of all, there's people not in this room. There's people online, and we're going to invite them to be a part of this, even if they don't want to come in here on next Sunday morning. And that is this. Look around, call somebody who's not here, and say, you got to come next Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday at Real Life. And then you got to say, and you got to bring your grave clothes with you because we're going to lay them down at the altar next Sunday morning. We're going to bring them here and we're going to party and we're going to say, I'm done with that. I'm not bound by that anymore. God forgave me that. He, he, has, he doesn't even remember it. But I'm carrying it around and it's tying me down and I'm tired of it. Is anybody tired of being t- t- held down by something? Come on, y'all. Be real. We're tired of it. I know it because we talk to you. We have conversations with you one-on-one about the things that hold you down. And so next Sunday morning, it's time to drop it. It's time to let it go. Because if the Son has set you free, my friends, you are free indeed. So we'd like to invite you uh, online and in here to make sure that you've got a symbol of the things that keep you bound, the things that limit you, that keep you chained to the narrative of death rather than the narrative of life. If you're online and you want to be a part of this, we want to encourage you, mail something into the church or drop it by the church. Maybe leave us a note um, about what it's all about so we can have some context. But we want to incorporate your stuff as well as all the stuff that the people here in person are going to be able to bring. So as we do this, this week, um, we're going to pray here in just a second, and I want you to begin praying, God, what is it that I need to bring next Sunday to be that symbol that stands for the new life that you have for me? Because you're going to get rid of that, and you are going to come forward, and you're going to step into new life. There was a moment at our last church that we were able to do something like this. And after the service, we went down the altar. There were were things kind of lining the top of it. And there was something, uh, there was a package 
that was wrapped up on on the on the one end and so we went and I unwrapped it and it was for this gentleman it was um it was a, a carton of cigarettes and he brought that and laid that at the altar saying god i can't do this by myself i can only do this with you there's others who wrote notes to god saying god i want to give you this stuff some brought pictures of the things that it that stood in the way. So whatever it is for you, I want to encourage you, think prayerfully about the things that need to be unwound from your life that you might be able to walk out of the grave. I love the story of Lazarus. It's one of my favorite stories because uh, Jesus speaks into the darkness of death and calls forth life. And that is for you as well. So church, stand with me. And I'd like you to just to close your eyes and bow your head. And, and I, I want to ask something of God, and I want you to ask something of God now. I want you to repeat what I have to say, but you can just do that in your heart. Here we go. Heavenly Father, this morning we need you to show us the parts of our life that are bound by death, decay, and destruction. Dear God, for each of us in here, God, I pray that you show us those things that have a hold of us. God, I pray that we would not be able to just ignore this one. I just pray that we would be unable to get away from this because we recognize that you have got something better for us, and that is life, eternal life, life that will last forever, but also life that is lived to the fullest here. So, Jesus, I pray for us here at Real Life, whether we are in person or online, dear God, I pray you help us recognize how death changes everything and resurrection seals the deal so lord we bring you our hearts our minds our lives may this be a week of reckoning may this be that holy week that we are used to before easter where we see ourselves marching methodically towards resurrection god i pray that this week would be a week of freedom already Lord, in your name, amen. Church, there was a God who stretched out his hands on your behalf. May that God embrace you this week in ways that you have never thought possible. And as you are wrapped up in those arms that were stretched out for you, may you find yourself experiencing new life real life, the real life of God. And until we meet again, be blessed by that, but also be a blessing because of that. See you next week.